Welcome back to another episode of Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am Nathan Lurz, your Dungeon Master. Hope everyone is doing good. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of our podcast. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Double digits, everyone. I don't, hey. double digits. I don't know if I'm more impressed with us for having done 10. You know, I always felt like that was in the cards, barring like some sort of drastic social fallout between us <laughs> um but you know at least D D wise felt like yeah we could sit in front of mics and plop out enough content for it or if i'm more impressed by someone this hypothetical listener who has listened to all 10 episodes already and has been like yeah i want i want that yeah that's the thing that i want I'm which is it. crazy and hey at least we can count on five downloads every week and that's us because we like doing it and then everyone else does it, and and that's cool too. So Nathan, thank you. Nathan, I, I have something it. to tell you. I I haven't been listening to any. Of oh, that's time. okay. <laughs> I don't actually know what's going on. Yeah. Like that's okay because I've been dual downloading across multiple platforms. You got to do Spotify and Apple iTunes. Or, oh yeah. I'm just very pr- proud of Reekless Attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> uh, anyway, hi. I'm Nathan. I'm your dungeon master. We are all knowing what we're doing and what podcast that we're on this whole time. Don't worry about it. Thank you again for listening. How about that last episode? That was the last couple episodes was a lot. I'm excited to check in with all the various players. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We were talking about it for several days afterwards about how much fun we had. Hopefully that translated again, but at minimum we had fun and that's, you know, Heck the rest of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that. You know what I mean. You we love it. you, but heck you. Yeah, yeah, but heck you. To my right, I would like to check in with the ever graceful and beautiful. Well, hello. My name is Steve, and I am playing mm, Sylvesterlin. He's in uh, pretty rough shape at the moment. Yep. After the last episode, looking forward to, well, Selv himself is looking forward to uh, sitting down and relaxing and possibly getting bandaged up and maybe not being on watch for a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Technically, this all happened in the first watch. Yes. It's only been like three hours. Yeah. Like, this is tops, still yeah. all technically well, Kaskarin's watch. Yes. More so or less. what we have learned is Kaskarin can no longer be on watch. <laughs> and I think the Citadel needs business hours to be posted. Yes. Like, <laughs> no Sundays. I right. Will. No Sundays. I'm sure a warlock patron will definitely abide will by those rules. Yeah, that's, that's, complaint. It seems reasonable. Hi, it's me. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the dwarven warlock of the Eternal Citadel. Kaskrin is really still feeling the adrenaline pumping through his veins. He is clutching onto this giant for dear life, and all of a sudden, the grung overlord, or the, the, the high grung high lord. Overlord. <laughs> wow, such disrespect. <laughs> Just because I said his name several different ways across the course of several episodes doesn't mean you guys get to. The golden grung guy has now wow. vacated the premises and is on the ground. Mm-hmm. And Kaskrin's feeling pretty good about that. Hi, lo- Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi, lo, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, hello, everyone. It's a good, it's a yeah. good Hi, like, low, and side to side. Right. You know, we've been looking for catchphrases. 
We have we have Yahee. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Yahee. You never responded yeah. to my text about making a sticker about it. Oh, it's because I've already made stickers. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's already out on merch booths across <laughs> the nation. Right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango. Checkers is on top of the world right now. He has successfully taken over the Grung encampment well, by destroying the Grung High Overlord. Which he is also on top of, in addition to the world. Yes, and he is covered in mud, presumably also poison from yep. being in contact with this Grung Overlord, but is smiling the biggest frog smile he can right now while looking around and seeing all of his terribly injured allies. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the only thing missing is you don't have fruit being shoved into right. your mouth. Well, we're going to get there in a minute. Oh, okay. okay. That, that, that's step two. Coming For, up on Reckless Attack. Yeah, right. <laughs> is Checkers becomes the new High Overlord and leaves the rest leaves the party. Yep. No. <laughs> Borg, help us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Artist in residence, Borg. We we need someone's stat because <laughs> Jonathan did a thing. Right, yep. Exactly. It's what my character would do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie and I play Valeska Carter. The human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. Someday we'll actually learn what she is. Maybe. I don't know. Episode like 600 or something. Impossible to tell. She removes the mask and is a grung. (laughs) (laughs) Joins the stack of frogs. (laughs) Val is feeling the adrenaline, feeling feisty, and also has so many questions and like a running to-do list of things in her mind. <laughs> yeah. That's really starting with just like a f- quick five-minute sit down. That's like number one. Just like a quick sit. I'm just imagining this quick sit of Val. I love the way last episode you described after she got hit by the, the sling rock of how just part of her face was just covered in blood. I'm just imagining all this battle, all this mayhem. And then you just sit down crisscross applesauce like the thinker. Your brain is just whirring and just yeah. no, do not talk to me. I have to, I have to process. I have to order. I have to commit to memory. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in the immediate aftermath. Sits, for example, I would any like sort of sits. stealing of fruits mm-hmm. or stopping someone from stealing fruits. Mm-hmm. But in lieu of doing all that, and we'll address any of those questions that you guys have or any thoughts or any role-playing stuff before or after kind of this, I wanted to kind of bring us all in. Gather around table. Gather around listeners. Imagine, if you will, you see the great caravan that you guys are a part of. Wagons stretching farther than the eye can see because it is still night. It is still dark. Every once in a while, torches, firelights, It's pretty dark, but there's still some sources of light going on. And every once in a while, you see a person who is out on watch. Someone holding a sword, a makeshift spear or pike. And we close in on a pair of people who are standing watch, staring into the darkness, hoping that nothing stares back. As they're kind of nodding off, one of them jostles the other one. They go back to watch. The first one falls asleep a little. They jostle each other. And then, from in the darkness, these two big globular eyes light up in the firelight from a distance. And they're awestruck and and terrified for a moment. 
They call out, Who's there? Uh, st st stay back! Stay back! Instead of staying back, the eyes come closer and closer. And before any other further shouts from either side come out, a large tree frog comes hopping, holding several mortals. And behind that tree frog, the members of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild, the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild, and the other volunteers, all carrying victims, rescued victims, of the Grung encampment. There's a flurry of activity. Someone gives a shout. People rush in from all sides to grab people off your shoulders to help you. You see, I assume, both Kaskarin and Yannis Varga, the commander of the Verdant Wave, trying to order people around and organize efforts. You see the two trailmasters, Bronar Bronze Mace and Granak Bronze Mace, come in, clap you guys on the shoulder, and spread out a little. Oh. <laughs> Self goes down to one hit point. <laughs> yeah. 50% gone. So I was imagining the end of the battle was pretty much as soon as you guys felled the High Overlord, it was over. The Verdant Wave certainly would have tried to take as many down as they could have, but really as soon as everyone saw that happened, any remaining grung all scattered. And then in the flurry of all that activity, there was people shouting, grabbing unconscious folk, you were checking on grung that you had knocked unconscious, all that kind of stuff. So you guys have successfully at least gotten everyone back already. As kind of the commotion of you guys returning back to the caravan is not dying down per se, because there's still a lot of organizing to do, you hear this tiny little whinny neigh from in the distance and this clop of tiny hooves as you see Hody, the beautiful baby precious donkey with her tiny little sh shoulder nubbins come running at you and collectively does that thing that dogs sometimes do where they just go to each of you in turn and cannot stay still because mm -hmm. it's so happy Too to see all of to you. Too excited to be at one person exactly. and got to check in with each of their people. Checking to everyone. Hi, you. Hey, hi, hi. And welcomes you back also as a nice... Scritches. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just, <laughs> just like rubbing that as face. As excited as she is, you can also tell that Hody's very sleepy and she's just like, yes, scritches. like, yes, I'm sorry. You. Someone was supposed to be sleeping and petting me all night. That's not happening. So I'm now awake and you have to come yeah. back and do that. So I, I, Hody, can go back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm afraid I made a boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, okay. What would you like to do? It's very open-ended, but one thing Solve will do is go up to Giannis and the rest of the Verdant Wave and give a small bow and say, Thank you. I don't think we would be able to rescue this many people without your assistance. Giannis says, Yes, it was certainly interesting and useful working with the four of you as well as the volunteers that were rustled up. Well done. We didn't quite get the full route we were looking for, but certainly was effective. And he very formally sticks his hand out for you to shake it. Selv will also offer his claw and shake his hand. Yep. One other thing Selv will do will be to go up to the tortle wizard, Trankar. You see him just kind of like lazily leaning up against a tree kind of on the outskirts. Again, he'll give a slight bow and then... Self will look at him and say, 
that was a very um, overt signal. <laughs> I don't like this at all. What is happening? And I don't. I don't think anyone has ever actually heard Selv laugh. No, That's a real bummer. I've never right. yeah, right? joke. Can I not hear that yeah. again? No. Maybe they heard once and that was enough. I yeah. don't know. It doesn't happen too often, but yes, Selv actually gives a laugh after that, and then clasps him on the on the. Uh, well, on his back, kind of the back of the shell. Yeah. Just like slaps him there and then just kind of walks off laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and as this is happening, oh, this is, I thought I had what I was going to say ready, but I don't. I wasn't ready. He, as you turn away and you kind of just do this, he signal. He, he, again, he crinkles his eyes a little bit in his deceptively cute smile and he calls out, Told you, you would know. Ha, 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 ha. And you hear these two very off-putting laughs, laughs chime together for, for a brief moment. As probably Barzug the dwarf looks on and is just giving both of you just a very weird look. Trankar, as you're turning away, Selv, says, Find me. I'll introduce you. To our fourth gilder, I think you'll like them too. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you. And then Selv will bow and go to continue helping with whatever needs to be done. And he continues leaning against the tree. <laughs> Kaskrin at this point has also been talking with Barzug, the Dwarven Rager. He is actually shaking her hand. He is basically astounded with what she was able to do. You know, he was feeling that rhythm, that fire inside of him as they were fighting. And it's just like this is the first time he's ever heard such a powerful battle chant. First of all, to clarify, you are shaking her hand. Yes. She is squeezing your hand in a very intense, not necessarily dominating way, but in an intense way. I heard a little bit from Valeska about who you worship, but maybe later you could tell me some more. I'd love to learn more about them. So she has her morning star, her two-handed giant morning star, head down into the ground, using it as a leaning post, I guess, in a way, and is standing very proudly with it as you extol the virtue of the morning star, the saint that she follows. And she says, the saint of the morning star does grant great proficiency in battle, great fire in all things, all things. She winks at you. I see I have much to learn. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and I have much to teach. Look up our headquarters in Agmar. I think you'll see me there soon. He doesn't wink back at her, but he returns the knowing smile and then excuses himself. Everyone else who would see this sees her flex just for a moment and then <laughs> go back to also standing around. Giannis is again helping ordering people around after a self handshake. Is anyone else around? Is anyone else interested in a handshake? Is everyone 
tending to other people well the like <laughs> lack of enthusiasm if only this was a visual one of the few times i wish this was a visual medium to see just the just utter me avoiding eye contact and, and jonathan time. looking at me disgusted being like no no, no, no of course not, not. <laughs> i'm doing the exact opposite of that actually I, i'm trying to determine how close val is because she would be really trying to look after the volunteers of the people who came to help and wanted to make sure they're okay. But you describe them being very close. So she feels like if she is close enough, she is, it's like a compulsory thing for etiquette that she would have to like come and like be like, I leave that to you. I would say that there's enough activity that you could be aware that it was happening and actively choose within the realm of tact to be like, Oh, well, I mean, I got to help this person over here to get over there. I mean, obviously. Yeah, no, she's just going to be helping yep. the, the volunteers. After Kaskrin is done talking with Barzog, he sees that, you know, Selv has just left a little bit after shaking Yanis's hand. And he will also walk up to Yanis, look at his outstretched hand, giving the formal handshake and ignore it. He keeps his hands to his side, mm-hmm. feeling the weight of the letter that he took from the fallen soldier in his breastplate. Giannis very quickly sees that you do not extend your hand and very smoothly in kind of a practiced socialite almost way, retracts his hand and has no other outward reaction to it. And there's like this juxtaposition of Yanis gleaming full plate armor, barely a scratch on him after dancing through all these grung and Kaskrin, who is bloodied, who is dirtied, mm-hmm. who has just clung for his life on this giant mount, and with the help of all of his friends, succeeded in this battle. He says to Yanis, we did these people a good service today, Yanis. They wouldn't have made it out without us, and I think we did the best job that we could do. Certainly, we will continue traveling down these roads to Agmar. I hope that this is not the last time that our paths cross. Normally, he would say this with this amicable, like friendly mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. But it's just business. Yeah. Yes, you and the rest of your guild comported yourselves well in battle, from what I could tell. Well done. Certainly, credit where credit is due in taking down that golden grung and the monstrosity that was riding it. And overall, a successful mission, I think. I also hope to continue amicable relations between our two guilds. I don't know if we will be allies. I do not presume it. I also hope that we do not become enemies. And he nods. I assume you just look at each other for a moment. Each once again, maybe for... A final-ish time for the evening, taking stock of one another. And Giannis is the one to turn away and attend to other things on the caravan. Kaskrin stands there for a minute, looking at his back before turning to his duties as well. Checkers, what are you doing amid all of the activity? I'm actually imagining kind of three separate things happening. I mean, you have three separate frogs, so you can do... All, all sorts of things. Absolutely. So what people might see is as Giannis is sort of helping, sort of coordinating the retrieval of the different pieces of equipment maybe, or sort of ordering people around to, to check up over there or see if there's anyone else that's watching them, 
he would reach into his pocket and pull out this crumpled piece of paper and just look at it like he doesn't know where this came from. Like it wasn't in there before. And he takes it and he opens it up. And it's this really badly drawn picture of what looks like Giannis in crayon. And you can see just like the vague head shape and like this big gray box that takes the place of his full plate. Yep. And the picture is of this Giannis looking person getting stuck in a doorway and trying to extricate himself. And in the bottom right corner is just like a little green frog face in crayon. And he just looks at it just stares and wonders what this is and then just crumples it and throws it to the ground and do we see in that in yeah. we're thinking cinematically yeah. where is checker does checkers is he seeing has he been waiting for this moment or is he like the deed is done yeah i've already succeeded checkers would be very much as like i've done what exactly what i want to do <laughs> however he reacts to that yeah, is fine you don't, you don't need the payoff yeah right but the fact that Giannis has seen it is enough joy for checkers he's like yes excellent <laughs> check uh, right a second thing might be, I'm assuming the Grung Overlord has like a very fancy hat. Of course he does. Yeah. Yes. So as the Grung Overlord has fallen, Checkers would take the High Overlord's hat. What do you think his hat looks like? I'm imagining it like this very like gaudy crown almost, but yes. made of not gold or jewels, but maybe of very fancy feathers or shells or just different bits and baubles that you would normally find in almost nature. Almost like a, I'm imagining a magpie nest practically. Yeah, exactly. With weird, why is there just metal wiring in here? Right. And like just anything shiny and interesting is all stuck together in sort of a circle halo thing. And it would probably be pretty tall too. Maybe like a foot tall of just all these various bits constructed together. <laughs> so so it's actually like one of those British guardsmen hat who stand yes. outside yeah. of the, exactly. the Buckingham like, Palace. Mm-hmm. It's that, but yep. made out of garbage. Right. And as Val is sort of sitting on the ground collecting herself, she just hears, hey, Val, what do you think? And I just look at her with this big foot tall hat made of bits and pieces. Here's my question. Does it fit? inside the rim of your tricorn so you're wearing two hats at the same time or did you sub out the he tricorn? was a very chubby yeah. frog i think he would sub out the tricorn first and take the tricorn off and just put the hat on and be like it's me the high overlord what do you think val chuckles Aww. a little bit <laughs> and then she's like does it fit without you holding it up and he would let go and it would just kind of sink into his head <laughs> val chuckles some more he's like maybe we can uh no. resize it for you <laughs> it, it's a little bit you're right, Val. It's kind of gaudy. <laughs> he just throws it off. Just throws it. Just immediately forgotten. Right. And just puts his own hat back on. And I do it- like the original better. <laughs> yeah. It's a look. And then just last thing, Checkers is definitely going to go steal some of those fruit. Assuming they haven't all been exploded in the sack explosion. You do have a sack. You, oh. We have one. Uh, an unexploded one. Oh, yeah. yes. We have one fruit. But no, like no, 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 we have a no, one. The, the, the ones there's that, no oh, good word sack. for it. We call it a sack. We call <laughs> we it a bladder. bladder. There's yeah. no bad. good word. <laughs> the grenade. Right. But that's, you know, immersion breaking. The squishy bag. We, could, yeah. we can combine them and call it a sadder. No, I'm sadder from having heard that. <laughs> uh, inspiration. So it, yeah. wor- it worked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So quick clarifying question. Would checkers do that before leaving the encampment? Would he be like, I'm not leaving this place. I don't care what you tell me that we're coming back here. I'm not leaving without grabbing fruit. Yes. Okay. So he might look at the pen because his whole thing was 
Kaskarin said, if you help free people from the pen, you can go seal the fruit. So he looks at the That's pen, true. sees they're okay, and this is my time to go seal the fruit, so I'm going to go. So he would not leave the encampment until he's at least carrying a few of them. Are you doing it to avoid anybody seeing, or are you just going there and grabbing fruit? I feel like checkers might just go there and just grab uh, them. I was going to say, and not to tell you how to play your character, certainly, mm-hmm. but I feel like based on the logic that you just said, which was like, well, no, I did the thing. Yeah, right. I, Kaskarin, the, like, he can't what, possibly be mad at me now yeah, for stealing it. He, he wouldn't lie to me about this. I did the thing uh-huh. and therefore I get the fruit. Exactly. And everyone should be fine with that. Kaskarin said it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he would just walk over there and be like, well, it's mine. <laughs> I feel like Kaskarin at that point, like you are picking up these fruit very obviously Mm -hmm. he would walk over and just kind of give you that like oh you look (laughs) (laughs) why you said i could (sighs) i know checkers and you did do a good job today he sees you taking yeah arms arms full of fruit which is like four fruits honestly Uh, right i'm gonna (laughs) yeah i'm gonna ask you to roll a d6 here in a second and kaskrin bends down and picks up a few and puts them in his bag too just as a reminder to everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> these fruit not just make you poisonous, but also make you aggressive, violent, and also a sense of superiority beyond normal levels. So normal checkers things. then. Okay. No, <laughs> yeah. no. It's an extra layer of icing on the checkers cake of all of that. But it's too late now. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> does not know that as much. He just knows that Checkers did really want this fruit yep. and did keep to his did word thing. that he would help. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, he's taking I, some fruit I with him. forget offhand, but did we determine that consuming the fruit changes your color or are the colored grung just that's how they are and then they just get basically... I don't remember how much we rolled on it, but the, the, I can just tell yeah, you behind the, the scenes. Okay, because the, the impression I got was that the more fruit you consumed, your color changed Correct. until you turned into, like, if you consume a lot, a lot, a lot, you become golden. Correct. And that's, okay. Yeah, that is exactly what it was, is that it is really only based on how much of the fruit you consume, but then it was very specifically rationed to ensure everyone, you know, there's the right number of green grung and that of course the high overlord has as much fruit as he wants because he's on top and gold and needs to stay gold. So I will ask you to roll one D six plus something. How 20. mm, No (laughs) one D six plus three. All right. Sounds good. Two. So five total. Five total fruits. They're pretty big. Nice. Well, and, you know, you still have to, like, I don't know, nominally help out or whatever. I don't know what that means. Yep. Fair <laughs> mm, I hope that does not make you toxic. Val would not realize that Checkers has done this because she's actively going to the pen and yes. making sure people are okay. Once she's realized and, like, we've started getting <laughs> everyone. And he's holding instead of no, 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 carrying Chuck- anyone, he's really holding like- tons of stuff. Yep. Paying attention, Val will actually go and pick up a single fruit. For studies. Yes. And those are that's all Checkers wanted to do. Okay. So you would just see in the cinematic version, Checkers walking out with a big armful of fruit. Perfect. Is there anything else that you guys would have wanted to do or that you want to still do tonight before hitting the hay before anything else? Before we would have left the Grung encampment, Val would have taken any amount of time she could have like as much as possible yeah, every every second every counts. second to investigate where the portal was mm-hmm. 
the creature who came out of it had a lot of, I don't want to say baubles, but like a lot of bits in their outfit, like anything that might have dropped. She's just scanning the, it wasn't, was it on a dais? I think I described it as next to the dais or something. Give me an investigation roll just to see what things that you guidance because i remember i have that smart nice. Yay. Yay. remembering class <laughs> abilities very important Ugh, that's not very good only 11 there is all kinds of chaos around this this was close to where a lot of the grenades exploded close to the fireball so there's a lot of we'll just say charring going on in this general area The most notable thing that you find, just on kind of the outskirts of where a lot of that was, where you know the portal was, you see a very thin line of dead grass. Okay. Right where the portal opened. Probably two inches across and however many wide, however however wide this door was, of just dead plants. That will take a while and get some dead plants. Mm -hmm. Just in case. It never hurts. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hello, everyone. GM Nathan here. And welcome once more to the mid-roll. This is where I remind you to follow us on all the social medias, particularly on Twitter at Reckless underscore Attack, where we are posting a variety of frogs and memes and frog memes and meme frogs. You can find all our socials by visiting our website at RecklessAttack.com and much more. If you like us, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's one of the best ways to help us grow and improve the show. Early ad-free episodes, level-up talkbacks, and oodles of other stuff await you there at a variety of tiers. Lastly, don't forget to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show, or let us know by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. That's all for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode. As you guys are going back to your caravan... I'll also say Branar and Granic Bronze Mace are also there amid everything. And once they kind of ensure that everything is organized, they have their actual paid caravan guard there to help, you know, help now that people are there, make sure that they're pulled in, they're safe. You can even see Etris, your potion smith is there. 
already administering to people and he gives you kind of a goofy wave from across the crowd. Hey, y'all, I see you're all still alive. That's great news. Did the diuretic help? <laughs> yes, we'll talk about it later. And Brennar and Granak, the dwarf and orc trail masters of the caravan come up. Then Brennar comes up first with Granak behind. Granak looking very happy and pleased that you guys are back and that everyone else is, is here safe. Brennar says, well done. It looks like that was a uh, tough go of it, but I'm sure that everyone on this caravan and then everyone traveling these roads will be all the safer for whatever it is that you guys did tonight. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, and he kind of trails off looking for words that do not come to him. And Granak claps on his shoulders and says, he uh, feels very bad that he wasn't able to help, but uh, we appreciate it. And he just nods, nods at you guys. Val leans on Cass's shoulder, face still half bloodied, like, don't mention it. <laughs> Brennar looks at you gratefully for that. And, uh, and he says, it's fine. Val with four hip points. Yeah. I probably like swollen shut, yeah. all bloody. Again, it's just like, Basically, in like a finger gun and mood, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like lightly teetering. Yeah. Is that like adrenaline high? Just yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, she's like crashing from adrenaline yeah. right yes. now, like dead on her feet. It's good. It's fine. And Branar says, the world is all the safer. And he has a little smile in his eyes for guilders like you all. So thank you. I'm glad that we were able to get some people to help. And I'm glad... At least you guys all came back. I think did did we lose anyone from the caravan? A couple of us did not make it back, unfortunately. But such things happen. We were able to keep losses to a minimum. And I'm I'm assuming we brought their bodies back. Well, so I was going to ask if you guys. I was going to ask, did, would you guys have? I mean, I know that there was absolutely some... brought them on the first trip. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Branar thanks you guys for doing that. And he, he says, if you, uh, if you hadn't, I would have gone out and gotten them myself. I'll figure out whoever these people are and make sure that anyone they were traveling with knows. And I'll make sure that those people are, uh, don't have to pay their, their fares on the way. It's my responsibility to make sure that they're safe, even if they go off the road. And it's the, the least we can do. And, and thank you. You guys just kind of share that. And Branar, as he's turning around and thanking you guys one more time and Granak following him, Branar says, oh, um, don't worry about watch tonight. But um, uh, there's um, no easy. Uh, and Granak, again, just kind of like taps him on the shoulder. And he's like, he's trying to tell you we still uh, leave at first light tomorrow. So, sorry about that. We schedules and unions and. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. Time we tables. understand. Yeah. You got a schedule to keep. Yeah. We'll we're be ready. a little uh, testy about it. Uh, uh, you guys go, go ahead. And he, Granach, literally with this huge, meaty orc paws, just clasps Branar on the shoulders and like turns him around. <laughs> and they start walking down the caravan in search of whoever these two people were. As you guys are going back to your caravan, where the Grung is and where the Sleeping drugged up tiger also is. Etris sees you. He's already given out as many poultices and potions that he can. He actually falls quiet behind you and 
is clearly just not waiting for you guys to say something, but not being, you know, he's respecting you guys to, if you want to say something cool, if you don't, we have a long drive the next day is basically (laughs) what he's kind of doing, but he catches up to you guys. As you go, Kaskrin, you feel something slip into your pocket. Kaskrin looks down. He notices that something new is there Mm -hmm. and then slips his hand into his pocket and takes it out. You see an ancient weathered coin with a hole through it. He looks around and sees if there is something on the edge of his dark vision. Maybe a glimpse of a shiny metal dress. You just see a glint. You can't make out anything. And you're not even sure if it was your eyes wanting to see something and seeing it. But yes, you see, again, you were just holding this weathered, clearly ancient coin of a press you've never seen. Almost so weathered that there's no detail left on it because of how old it is. And it has a faint tingle of magic. Ooh. So fancy. He pulls open his his heavy mail a little bit and tucks the coin into a safer pocket in his gambeson. Okay. Would you like to hear what it does? Yeah, I would. Our first magical item (laughs) of the campaign. This is a lucky coin. Lucky. It is something I made up. Once per short rest, you are able to re-roll any roll. Oh, wow. That is um, good. Beyond that... Once per day, you can flip a coin. On heads, you get advantage. On tails, you must take disadvantage. So you are like, hey, here's a roll that I need to do well in, and I'd like to have advantage, but hope I don't get disadvantage on it. Huh. Yeah. And those are both, in case they are in combat, just free actions that you can just choose to do. Okay. Pretty sweet. Yeah. As Etris joins up, Val doesn't say anything, but she just pulls the fruit out of her pouch and just kind of like hands it, hands it to Etris. He just looks at it and well, again, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks at it and looks at you. And what what's the vibe you're putting out towards <laughs> this particular fruit? Again, uh, he's not saying anything. He's trying to be respectful. Val's vibe right now is that she's dead on her feet and wants to go to sleep very badly but we're doing this now and Etris appeared it's like a take this we'll deal with it later kind of thing but Val's so tired she wants to make sure Etris gets it because like in her you know she'll probably just mind link Etris and be like (laughs) I love that be like, dude, I can't right now. And he's but, like startled. <laughs> but we need to study this later. Uh, yep. Yeah, well, all right. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Um, and this is in your head. Uh, and uh, uh is this like an eaten fruit? Is this? Don't a dune- please don't eat it. Okay. Please don't eat it. Uh, it's you know the this grung, part of the process. So you gotta. The grung ate it and then made them poisonous and Ooh. ragey, and the water skin bombs. I think are made from the very fermented fruit of this. The what now? Oh, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Checkers yep. has tomorrow. one. Tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Don't got it. Got jostle it. checkers. 
So you guys get back to your Conestoga wagon a la Oregon Trail. I don't remember exactly <laughs> how we described it. All those many episodes ago now. Etris stops you just as you get there. He holds a hand up and slowly backs up and then peers into the back of your wagon, leans over. Oh, did the little kitty cat wake up? And then leans back to you guys and then waves you very slowly, very gently waves you guys to come a little, little closer to the wagon, but is doing one of those things where he's like, quiet, stay down. He's, you know, he's putting his hands down low and just shh. My mind link is still up, so I'm like, what? Why are we being quiet? And he he turns to you, and just as it seems like he's about to respond, you hear a... <laughs> coming from inside the wagon. And Etris just like looks wide, looks at you guys, and then slowly peers inside the wagon again. And you don't see him for a second. And then he steps back. And he gives you a thumbs up and he's like, we're good. It's all, it's, we're all, it's just, I'm going to, let's, it's in the, just come. And he gestures whoever to come around the side. Val will go where he gestures because she's too curious what's happening. Casgrin mm-hmm. see, like he understands what's happened and he returns that same wild expression to Adris. Just like, Adris, did you put the cat in the wagon? Come over Andres. here. <laughs> what are you doing? Just get, could you just I can't shh quiet. I said, I mean, I know you're technically my we're like, I don't know. Did His we ever voice figure is out raising a little bit, the, just like guys, yeah. Andres, did you did we guys, ever shut, and, every, and he's like, did we ever figure out exactly my working you for know you, how Mark dangerous this is? Shut up. Val goes to look what's in the way. Val makes a good point. <laughs> Val goes over and Val, you see taking up most of the wagon on top of your guys' provisions, on top of Etris's portable chemistry set, essentially. You see two creatures, both sleeping soundly. You see a purple grung that is still pretty wrapped in its little weird burlap sack or whatever it is that you guys wrapped it up in. You see its strangely colored tongue lolling out <laughs> and just... And behind it, almost but not quite spooning it, is the giant predator cat that you guys brought in, also laying across things. How did he get it in the wagon? (laughs) You can ask him. I you know. Val will ask VMI, like, how did you get this in the wagon? Well, a couple things. I do have a couple of experimental concoctions that do greatly enhance strength, and that was helpful. I may have also convinced a couple of other people that it was uh, just a fun pet (laughs) that we had Mm -hmm. that I had made into a a bigger pet, and Mm -hmm. it was asleep. And you know when when sometimes when your pet is like really tired and you're trying to get it to move and it just goes all like dead weight. Mm-hmm. That's I just said that, but but the, but with that, and it mm-hmm. it, it worked, mm-hmm. I guess. So Val's gonna start talking out loud now. Atris, what is your plan for this creature? Oh well, oh well, um. <clears throat> And he pulls yeah, because Val wants everyone in this conversation. Yeah, everyone's, <laughs> everyone should know. He's like, don't worry, y'all. 
and he reaches into one of his many satchels that he he is strapped on. He pulls out a couple of vials of some sort of purplish substance. He says, no, no, these, I just, I give him a little, little bit of this every couple hours. It just, it knocks him right out, keeps him nice and calm. Actually, I use a, I use like a half a thing for the little one. And then I use like three of them for the big one. But like, it's, it's all, it's all good. It's very precise. It's science, you know, mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you respect you I, you you respect so you get I science. Respect and get science. Yes, I still am not clear on what your plan is for this creature because you won't be able to keep it tranquilized forever. Well, no, I don't. I don't want. I wouldn't. I, Val, Val, I would. I would never do such a thing. I know that's why I'm asking. What's after this? Well, I I was waiting for my gilder bosses to tell me what to do. I I just it needed to be out of the way and also to be asleep and close enough that I could keep it asleep. Technically, you did tell me to keep it here or like around. I mean, so I I think I was just doing what you told me to do. Technically. Val just starts smiling, like, because, of course, the cat's in the wagon now, and this is, like, another thing that just happened in this night. Okay, Etris, how long can you keep the cat asleep? With what I got right now, since mm-hmm. I know that's probably what you're most asking, mm-hmm. couple days still. No, okay. no problem. And it is, it's just got that extra little somewhere. It doesn't even need to eat nothing. It's just that right, mm. That little concoction, that little kiss of something, that little bit of magic, just mm-hmm. to make, you know, it's just, it's taking a long nap. That's all. Okay. Perfect. I got to tell you, there's two things going through my head right now. Yeah. And the first one is the song, I Want to Be Sedated. Yep. Okay. This one probably doesn't, but no, it is. But the other one that, I, I swear to God, these write themselves. But, um... Have you just been writing puns off to the side <laughs> as we've been role-playing, Basically, <laughs> uh... You know, because you got you got the song "Tigers in the Wagon with a Purple Grung." Etris got him sleeping, but we don't know how long. <laughs> Steve, we've been role playing for like three minutes, and you're just like, "Oh, better write some uh, right. song lyrics." Gotta, yeah. gotta get this stuff down. Casgrin yeah. <laughs> uh, is is like he's like about to climb into the wagon, and it's like Etris, we cannot keep this cat in the wagon. Do you realize how unsafe this I'm is? I'm not saying we keep it there. I'm just saying that's where it is right now. And Casgrin. He's like climbing over the the cat and is like wedging himself against it and the back of the wagon trying to like push it out of this wagon. It's like, Adris, come up here and help and, me. And Val, you from where you are, see the large cat's like claws flex a little bit sleepily, but then just it's still totally dead weight. <laughs> and he's just like sunken in so far with the tiger's <laughs> fur just like just is covering, like, yeah, like a big shag around. rug <laughs> trying to push this thing out. Cass, do we really have to do this now? It's late. I'm tired. It's sleeping. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. <sighs> Alright, fine, checkers. You win this one. And then just troop, just like pops out. Nice. Come on, Mango, let's go. And then Mango and Checkers and Junior are going to go find a tree somewhere and probably sleep. So, you all bed down for the evening. Val washes up. <laughs> yep, fair. Yes, yes. 
you so we'll do this you do all the things required of you to go to bed comfortably on the road after a long battle also has to get that freaking slime out of her hair oh, yes man. that takes a while i imagine yep. there's a lot there's probably a she, lot of slime she asked Atris, like this is not coming out without alchemical help absolutely i'm actually really starting a new line of shampoos and conditioners a whole selection of <laughs> this of one is specifically for, you. for your head and shoulders <laughs> and this other one here it uh you uh it keeps you pert <laughs> i would just like something that will get the grung slime out of my hair but not make my hair fall out and that is a fair point and fair distinction because you would be surprised at how many people actually do want the hair to fall out. And off in the distance, you can see him looking over at Barzug the dwarf who totally shaved, yeah. total, you know, head being like, I'll get her. And it's yeah, and he, he hands you uh, a couple of ointments and tinctures and that kind of thing. And it works quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. It doesn't smell great. Probably hasn't gotten to that point in the testing phase. But it certainly does the job it mm-hmm. needs to. So That will give him a lot of feedback, very constructive and helpful, and recommend a few cents. He stands there just kind of standing with his arms crossed, and he's like listening very attentively, but writes none of it down. As is Etris's way. Yeah, exactly. The morning comes. So does that mean we get a long rest? You get a long rest. Yay! Oh! Yeah. <laughs> First one. Yay. I get to hit the button. <laughs> You guys can long rest. The tiger is still there. It doesn't smell great. Your wagon is kind of a little smelly now. The grung also probably doesn't smell that great either. And it is also there. So when we wake up, I actually want to first interrogate the grung. I'm going to actually take him out a little bit farther away from the clearing and tie him up against a tree and then take the... I don't want to say we have a sack over his head, but take the the cloth wrapping that we have to keep him blinded. You guys are a little off the road. You guys probably would have even had to have gotten up a little bit before sunup to make it clear that you do not have one of these things that killed a couple people in the caravan. And you sneak off, off the road, tie up this individual. Etris sends you along with a tiny vial of something that he assures you We'll definitely wake this thing up as soon as uh, as you give it to him. Checkers would probably poke it with a stick a few times and then realize that that is not the way. It's not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it reacts either in a very fun way. It reacts none, not at all or in a very unfortunate, not fun way. Right. It doesn't react at all. Val considers it an unfortunate, not fun way and will, with gloved hands, go pour this tincture into the grung's mouth. After Checkers takes a break in poking it with his stick. Okay, so as a reminder, none of you but Checkers can understand any of this, other than what Checkers tells you is being said or talked about. You know what actually might have been a good idea to do before this is actually to bring the High Overlord hat back and use it in this interrogation so that absolutely checkers... oh, I assumed you kept it. Oh, yeah. No, he okay. chucked oh, it. I thought you no. just chucked he it. He chucked it. I like, but, oh. but thinking about it twice, I'm like, that might actually be helpful. I'm going to bring it back. So checkers might actually use that in this to help. We'll say you put it on right yeah, now, then. Right. And, and this, this grung, you can see, looks up at you guys. And he says, oh, where, where am I? Who are, who are you? Oh, oh, I know who you are. 
Where is the rest? Where is my tribe? It's me, Checkers, the High Overlord. What's your name? You are not the High Overlord. But I have the hat. You are a blue, and not even the right blue. Yeah, fine. I told you it was gaudy. Do you say that out loud to them, out of context? Val's just like affronted, like, yeah. I didn't say what You happened? just like take and just chuck it way back into the forest. <laughs> and you, you can see the grung you have tied up looks at it almost sadly. Yeah. What is happening? What are you doing? Who? Who? I know who you are, but who are you? Well, I'm Checkers. This is Velasca, Kaskrin, Salve. Nice and you to see meet this you. grung follow as Checkers points at all of you guys. And you are? I am your worst nightmare. And he just kind of looks at you and then looks at everyone else and then realizes no one understood him. I would translate it into Kaskrin, he says you have an ugly face. Kaskrin just face palms and it's like, Checkers, just ask him what he's doing here. So my friends want to know, what are you doing here? We are here to rule. Yes, but, but what specifically? To rule the people and the place here? The, to rule! But, but why do you want to? There's like nothing out here. It's just roads and trees. Well, it's about building an infrastructure of power. We start small, we, get, we bring what we have, we get more people, we grow, we get bigger, we bring more... He said something about infrastructure? I don't know what that means. That's question seemed to have uh, angered him. Yeah, why did you ask him what he's doing here, Cass? He's angry now, look. What do you plan to do with me? Well. I will fight you. I have some very important questions for you. And if you answer correctly, maybe I'll let you go, but I probably won't. <laughs> that does not make any sense to me. You can ask your questions, and I will try to refrain from spitting upon you. So, Checkers would ask some character-specific questions of, Have you ever heard of the calm? And he, he would translate that into a language. It's not. It's the calm in the Pentarchy yeah. standard, but in Grung it would be something different. So he would start asking questions about that and about the fruit, where they got that from, and maybe about where they, the, these Grungs specifically came from. Oh, the fruit. Oh, yes, that is from our our lands. Far from here, up, up, apparently. I do what the High Overlord told me to do because he is the High Overlord, and we came here from creature. where we were, and that is what we do. And how did you get here? There was a portal that brought you here, right? That's right. We have a great many powerful allies who will be a key part of our infrastructure of power. You keep saying that word, yeah. I don't know what it means. You <laughs> keep saying infrastructure, I don't know what that means. I, I know what that means. <laughs> well, that didn't help me check her as personal. Uh, and he would also, <laughs> I'll, I'll also say, he would say when you ask him uh -huh. about, what was it? The calm. The calm. He says, oh, that uh, sounds a little like our, and he says another kind of holy-ish grung phrase. Okay. That isn't real, that is. We must make our own kingdom, our own place of paradise, where we are superior. We do not look for such fairy tales anymore. We 
build our own. Who opened the portal? I don't know how they do it. There's just the funny light box, whatever. He points it, it opens, we go through, he goes through, it closes, it changes. It's how they get everywhere. And how many more of you are there? I will tell you nothing more than I already told you. Hmm. Are you going to poke him with the stick? Yeah, I was going to poke him with the stick. (laughs) (laughs) You sure? Stop it. It is most dishonorable. He says he won't tell us anything else. I tried poking him. It didn't work. Let me try. And Val will use Mind Link to introduce herself. Hello. I'm Valeska. What's your name? What is this? It's looking around. You just see out of nowhere this growing. Just look around. What is happening? I got Russian for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) This is an ability I have. I thought it would be a little more civilized if we could talk this way. Checkers would just be like wiggling the stick the whole time in front of him, just like, you better listen to her. Just like right in front of its nose. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, what's a good grung name? Uh. Shared uh, world building. Right. It's all good when everyone's, you know, talking about it as, oh, yeah, involve your players in your world. And now, now it is time. I want to call him Mark, but I know that's not a good grung name. My name <laughs> is Mark. With a C. <laughs> and and an accent, but not where you'd think. <laughs> Hello, Mark. Le Mark, if you please. Le Mark. Le space capital Le. M Mark with an accent. Le Mark. I would really like to know more about the portals and your very strong allies that brought you and your people here. Roll me a persuasion check. Guidance. Yep, good. 21. Ooh, okay, nice. so what is it What is it like, what's the carrot that you're dangling in front? I'm going for Checkers is bad cop, Val's kind of being <laughs> So it is, it is just good cop, bad cop, building rapport. Yeah, really trying to be like, you're right, your tribe is building monumental infrastructure. Infrastructure. I was trying to tell him he doesn't know. Yes, and you have very strong allies for an already strong people. I thank you for saying that. That is true. We would just like to know more about your and your allies' magnificence. We are very magnificent. That is very true. Catherine's like trying to like (laughs) be intimidating, but nothing's being said. Yeah, and so he's just kind (laughs) of being a a bouncer presence, basically in the background. Checkers is still wiggling. It goes from like intimidation to just kind of like awkward. Yeah, actually, after the course of a couple minutes of talking, just the energy is lost. Actually, I would like to make an insight roll to determine how things are going. Absolutely. Like if, it, if, it's, if one of it's becoming hostile. Love, or, you know, I think that's a great like idea, that. especially because there was a persuasion check, but uh, there's always ulterior weird uh, motives. Who knows? Nine, uh, 13. The grung seems to be pretty open. He was openly antagonistic to checkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's openly like, well, I will brag about this. This is shit that sounds like a very nice time. So you guys are are talking, and and again, I'm assuming that there's a little bit of, you know, back and forth, like you said, of, well, it does sound like you're very, have a nice thing going. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's your tax rates? And, you know, how does that work? Do you have any pamphlets? Yeah. (laughs) During the course of it, 
he lists a bunch of oh and we of course have uh, defeated the so-and-so tribe and we have absorbed this other one and this group of people oh they fear us they do every anything we ever say and the shepherd they ferry us all over the world to expand our our modest but ever growing empire and so you catch the phrase the shepherd and in grander context know that that is who they're talking about is Mm -hmm. whoever that creature was they only refer to it as they not a he or she or anything like that or even by name just the shepherd uh, or they is exclusively how this grung references them even if nathan doesn't do that every time but that is part of a longer list of Oh, yes, in the, of course, we are expert builders of sturdy walls and of uh, fabulous palisades for the high over, oh, the high overlord. He looks sad. What, what else do you want from me? Question for you, Val. Did he say the clan had a name? In his, talking about his clan. Yeah, sure. You probably could have even gotten it out of him pretty easily, too, yeah, Checkers. that's fair. Jonathan, uh-huh. what's the name of this growing <laughs> tribe? Oh, no, you can't, you can't ask me to do this. This is, like, very important you lore for the world. You just got reversed Unoed. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, you. The Marksmen. The Oneaters. Uh, I don't like this. Uh, the Bog Weavers. Yeah, boom, there it is. The bog weavers. Fine. <laughs> I was going to like, say in character. Fine. I was going <laughs> to like 10 whatever. minutes of like, no, not that one. Not that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> uh, what do I do? What do I do? Just Let look, it, it, look it up in French. Right. Yeah. Steve with the same. Le bog weaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Val will tell checkers. They're the bog weavers. So I have a question and this might be a little weird, but does the grung look like it is, is the color changing? You know, it's been overnight at least. No, it'll take a little bit of time. Or does he look like he has any symptoms of withdrawal? Give me an insight check. I believe that is a 14. He's looking a little twitchy. Okay. I believe those fruits might be somewhat addictive. Well, I was going to eat one, but when you say that, and Lemak was saying that apparently the calm doesn't exist, which... Tells me that this probably isn't the fruit that I'm looking for. So fine, I won't eat it. Val just notes the calm in her brain for yep. follow-up later. Mm-hmm. Good. Mango, on the other hand, would probably... No. <laughs> <laughs> C- can, I, can I go now? I mean, without the fruit and without the infrastructure, I think he's not much of a threat. Selv will just kind of shrug and just say, give him a way to untie himself and just leave him. Val will mind link again and just say, thank you, Lemok. We're going to let you go. Your infrastructure, unfortunately, was destroyed. Yes. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. I would recommend the shepherd take you elsewhere. Somewhere where infrastructure might be a little bit easier. We will definitely need more fruit and a new high overlord. He looks back over his shoulder at the hat again and looks back at you. Then he, like his eyes glaze over and he's like, yes. Yes, I can rebuild. I can rebuild 
the glorious infrastructure we will return we will we will swell our numbers back even greater than before and we will infrastructure He's getting as, that as it, goes from, as it goes from a noun to a verb. Right. <laughs> as Val kind of leans in to like cut the rope and untie him, she does remind him, but not here. Intimidation check. Does the stick Guidance. give advantage? Would someone else like to be helping or what have you? Val will kind of accidentally prick him with the knife okay. as well. And you can have advantage with the stick. <laughs> the stick <laughs> of <Jackers> advantage. <laughs> Maul, get my poking stick. Ooh, that's a good roll. 21. Y- y- well, uh, I-, I think, well, this wasn't my idea to come here. It was the High Overlord and the Shepherd, and they came up with it, and I will forge my own destiny. Self will make a quick note of basically Val's body language and just lean over to Cass and just say, Remind me not to get on her bad side. I think you might be onto something there, Sal. And then as soon as you cut him loose, he stands up slowly, very non-threateningly, and then just does like a sidestep, a backstep, and then is slowly backing away for like five feet. And then he just turns and bolts (laughs) straight for the hat, picks it up, and then jumps into a tree and is gone. Checkers, do you have anything to say about him taking the hat? (laughs) Nah, I didn't like it very much anyway. But, serious question for you, Val. Do you think the Val-Checkers duo should be called Valeskers or Chaleska? Ooh. <laughs> we'll roll a, like poll. First we'll a poll on social media. <laughs> we'll, I'll be sure to put that in the, uh, the old mm-hmm. content calendar. Let your voice be heard, listener. Mm-hmm. Which of those two? Obviously excellent. Yes. Celebrity pairing names. Buddy cop. Buddy yeah. cop names. <laughs> would you like to see? I'm really looking forward to the episode where we switch. And oh, yeah. Val's the bad cop. And Jack <laughs> is the good, the good cop. cop. Playing to both of your strengths. <laughs> the sick is not the worst thing that will happen to you if you don't talk to us. That's right. My partner, she's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> she'll drop a whole. Uh, uh, she'll drop her heaviest book on you. <laughs> that book is at least five thousand pages. You do not want her to read that. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. The grung is gone. There is still some travel ahead of you all. You guys get back to the caravan. In those last moments of everyone getting ready and starting to shove off, you have a lot, certainly, to ponder and think about. And all of the wagons slowly start to move down the runic roads together. An indeterminate amount of time later. It is night. You see the former Grung encampment. What remains that has not been picked over by carrion creatures, monsters, what have you, is clearly aged, we'll say. Suddenly, a beam of sunlight emerges onto the ground with a blue tint to it. And out steps the being you know as the shepherd. You see them look around, start to walk around, Little little scenes, little different angles, finding the squished remnants of the High Overlord, seeing the amount of damage that these exploded grenade sacks, which will hopefully be one of the last times we have to say that for the rest of the whole campaign. Eventually, you see the shepherd 
start to walk away into the forest. You see them hear a noise over their shoulder. It slowly turns, and you see a big, hulking browl making defensive noises at the creature. And the shepherd approaches totally calmly, totally unperturbed by this ferocious creature. And it crouches down very softly, very gracefully, very gently. It puts down its lantern, slowly extends its hand, and caresses the browl. And you see a smaller browl come out and weave in between the legs. In a strange language, a language of arcane sylvan power, you hear the shepherd say something that translates to tell me what you've seen. And that's where we'll end tonight's episode, everyone. Thank you for playing Dungeons and Dragons with Reckless Attack. I'm Nathan. I've been your Dungeon Master. Have a good day. Bye, everyone. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Oh, no.